Tonight our topic is Alberta. It is time to change the cultural culture of political entitlement in Alberta. With a provincial election imminent, Dr. Raj Sherman, leader of the Alberta Liberal Party and a leader of the official opposition in Alberta, will suggest and discuss the changes we need in Alberta if we, need, if we are to meet the challenges facing us and ensure every citizen is able to participate in the opportunities. Dr. Sherman completed his medical studies at the University of Alberta uh, after obtaining his MD from the Faculty of Medicine. He specializes in family and emergency medicine. During his medical career, he served as a star flight attendant physician, uh, as president of the emergency medicine for the AMA, and the, as a member of the AMA Health Issues Council. Active in his community, Dr. Sherman is a director of the Society for Helping Lives in Poverty, a past member of the McKiernan Housing Community, and a soccer and basketball coach. And some of you may know that he was also a basketball player when he was studying in Lethbridge in the 90s. You, you did. Oh, but okay. you So you played, you, you were here because you competed against them. Okay. <clears throat> he also runs a small construction business designing and building custom-made homes. Dr. Sherman is a clinical, clinical lecturer at the University of Alberta's Faculty of Medicine and a past member of the University of Alberta Senate. He, continue, he continues to be a keynote speaker and panelist at national health conferences. Among his many professional accomplishments, Dr. Sherman received a gold pin for his service with STARS, a bronze medal from the Life-Saving Alberta, Alberta and Northwest Territories Association, and the Alan Drummond Advocacy Award from the Canadian Association of Emergency Physicians. In July 2011, it was, he was voted one of the 50th, 50 most influential Albertans by Alberta Venture Magazine. Dr. Sherman continues to practice emergency medicine on weekends in Edmonton. Dr. Raj Sherman was elected uh, to his first term as a member of the Alberta Legislature for Edmonton Meadowlark in 2008. He got into politics to fix health care. Raj served as parliamentary, parliamentary assistant to the Minister of Health and Wellness. It wasn't long before Raj saw from the inside a system that had lost its way on many fronts. In the fall of 2010, when Dr. Sherman became a vocal critic of his own governing caucus and the government, he was asked to keep quiet or to leave. Dr. Sherman took a principled stand. Today he serves as an Alberta Liberal MLA for Edmonton Meadowlark riding. In 2000, September 2011, Raj became leader of the Alberta Liberal Party and official opposition leader. Please welcome. Dr. Ross Sherman. Tyler, thank you so much. How's everyone tonight? Listen, just call me Raj. Leave the doctor part out. Um, it's truly an honor for me to be here. I, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to, to share this moment with you, and thank you so much for braving the cold. Is this microphone sounding okay? Okay. I'd like to first uh, 
thank my good uh, colleague and friend, Bell Bura, who's running in Lethbridge West. Uh, Bell, thank you for uh, hosting me. I'd like to thank Michael and everyone in this room. Uh, many of you have been involved in public service and serving the community. Thank you for everything that you've done to make this um, a wonderful city and a wonderful province. I'd like to introduce you to my better half, Sharon McLean. Sharon. <laughs> Sharon's been with me through the thick and thin. Uh, so Sharon, thank you for uh, putting up with me and, and politics. Along with us is Ryan Pinio. Ryan's, uh, Ryan's my right-hand man and my, uh, my assistant. And uh, he does many more duties. He's from the British Columbia government. We just stole him from the Christie Clark, the Christie Clark uh, liberals. And uh, we're stealing a couple of really good liberals from British Columbia. Uh, so uh, Ryan, welcome to Lethbridge. And he was actually a student, student in Lethbridge years ago. He studied here for a little while. So I'd like to talk about a new Alberta. <coughs> and what I find is... I'm not so sure the leaders of this province know who we are. We seem to be floating in a direction, going this way, that way. There's no clear direction to this province. I met many seniors not too long ago in my area, and uh, they said, we've always been conservative. I said, let's leave liberal conservative out of this. And they're all 70, 80 years old, and I said, 40 years ago, what happened? Forty years ago, you voted differently. And many of them said, we were actually nervous, we were scared. Because we didn't know what this was, but they liked this energetic fellow who offered a vision for Alberta. A different vision. Because Alberta was in the hands of a small band of people after our government had been in for so long. They didn't have any new ideas. This very bright young man by the name of Peter Lawheed came in. He went door to door, st stood on street corners for how many years, and Albertans said, we'll give this man a chance. And what happened when they changed the government? This cured province that had voted the same way, it blossomed. It blossomed. The Peter Lougheed PCs were fantastic for Alberta when Peter Lougheed was the leader. They set us on the, onto a path of economic prosperity. A path where we invested in the arts. We invested in education. We had Dr. Cochran running in healthcare and he had fixed it. We had amongst one of the best health systems in the country. So I won't say everything was bad with the PCs. A lot of good things happened when Peter Lawheed came in. In fact, what should have happened is Lawrence Decor should have come in in 1993. Because Lawrence Decor was the new Peter Lougheed, because about 10-15 years being in power, people run out of ideas. Government should regularly change in a good functional democracy. And the one bad thing happened to Lawrence Decor, just by a couple of votes, you know, it was 2,500 votes in 10 key ridings. That's how close it was. And um, I had never voted for the Klein PCs. Premier Stalmach was supposed to be different. But you know what? He didn't know who he was. He's going, nice guy, really nice fellow. Salt of the earth fellow. But he had a caucus that wouldn't let the leader change, Alberta. 
This is why I believe it's time that Alberta changes, changes its government. It is time to change government. And the politics should not be about left versus right, north versus south, urban versus rural, liberal versus conservative. That's not the conversation. It's a conversation about right versus wrong. What's right for the people? What's right for our environment? What's right for our children? What kind of world do we want our children to have? That's what Peter Lai thought about. And that's what Ross Sherman's thinking about. What kind of world do we leave, want to leave for our children and grandchildren and a legacy? I'll tell you what kind of world it is right now. First of all, Alberta is still the best province and the best country in the world. There's a, there are a lot of good things happening here. And that credit goes to individual Albertans like you from all across this province who work hard each and every day to make this a better province. It's because of the people. Our greatest resource is not the wood, it's not the oil, it's not the gas. It's the people, it's those who have built this province, their children, and the future are their grandchildren. And some of you may be parents or grandparents here. That's the greatest resource. Now where we are today, what I saw in government is, uh, oil is at $100 a barrel. We have the highest employment rate, lowest unemployment rate on the planet. We have the most industrial investment on the planet. We have a deficit? We have a deficit? The government can't balance the books? We have a deficit and what are we saying? Now are we investing in providing good public service in Alberta to the people? Well I'll tell you what's happening with the services. We have the lowest high school graduation rate in the nation. We have the lowest university participation rate in the nation. We have the, amongst the highest university tuitions in the country. If the tuitions aren't high, well the fees are, fees are they're raising fees. Fees, taxes, all the same. Hard-working families are getting nickeled and dimed. We have amongst the highest utility rates in the country, and we are the energy superpower of the planet. Common sense would dictate we should actually have the lowest bills. But we don't. And what's worse, what's tragic is, with the new seniors policy, our seniors are being used as commodities to, sold, to be sold on the market to their private buddies to be put into private institutions. I think it's wrong. I think that's fundamentally wrong. It's a moral issue. It's a moral issue when you cannot educate your children. When your children give up on themselves and then we give up on them. Edmonton has become the murder capital of Canada and they're building super jails, private super jails. So I propose a different direction for this province. And this is the direction. Number one, we need honest, open, responsible government. Open government. Open up the books. Fix the election dates. Really fix the election dates. Show the world the books. Have a forensic audit. And there's something called Freedom of Information, FOIP. Well, let's have true freedom of information. Let's find out what's happening with your money. The untendered contracts to private buddies who give campaign donations. That's why we have a deficit. This is why you're paying double and triple the cost for your bridges and your highways and your roads. So how do we do that? Open tendering of contracts. True competition. 
We are a competitive province. We pride ourselves on winning, on being good, working hard and getting you the best value. And that's what we got to do. Let's be responsible with your hard-earned tax dollar. Number two, the economy. We have a very overheated economy. We need to plan out our major industrial projects. They shouldn't be all brought on all at once when we don't have the labor workforce or the social infrastructure or the highways and the roads and the bridges. Let's prudently plan these out. Because otherwise if it's too hot, then it gets too cold. We have to stop this boom-bust mentality. And that requires planning. Secondly, energy. Our strength is energy. Oil and gas. Let's play to our strength. As a new liberal leader, I said, hey, listen, the liberal, if you look at liberalism on Wikipedia, we believe in free markets, we believe in capitalism, but with good rules. We believe not unfettered free markets. It's about responsible free markets, responsible competition. It's okay to earn a buck in business. In fact, it's a fantastic thing. But you've got to be responsible about it with your community and your environment. We are business friendly. I've said, look, the new liberals, we're okay with our product going to the West Coast. We're okay for, with it going to the West Coast. I won't take the side of any particular location or any particular company. But we should get our product to the West Coast so we can get to the international marketplace. It'll get us 20 to $30 a barrel more. It only makes sense. Everyone benefits. The people benefit. But we got to upgrade that product before it leaves our, leaves our borders in Alberta. And if we don't upgrade it here, then let British Columbia upgrade what we can't before it leaves Canadian borders. It's good for Alberta and it's good for Canada. And the other but is the environment. We must deal with the real environmental issues. There are issues. We must work with the indigenous peoples and the British Columbia government. It's their decision on where the location should be, but we must satisfy their needs as well. In making a deal with someone, everyone should benefit. There should be something in it for everyone. So the British Columbia people and the Aboriginal indigenous peoples of British Columbia, they need to get their fair share. I'm sure we can cooperate make a deal with them. But we've got to stand up and make sure we protect their environment. We can't afford, we as Albertans can't afford for them to have an oil spill on their coast. It's already happened once. You know, I was raised in Squamish, BC, so I was raised on the coast over there. And uh, no one in Canada can afford an environmental disaster like that again. So that's my stance on oil. The Keystone Pipeline, we're okay with that. But let's get that product to the West Coast first. And then let's get the Americans get more value for a dollar. But we've got to deal with the environmental reputation. We have a black mark in this province. A black mark for this province is a black mark for this nation. And why do we have this issue? Because this is how this issue began. The, the government started bragging. They put a big yellow truck in the U.S. and started bragging. A doctor in northern Alberta raised legitimate issues. They didn't look into them. They railroaded him and said, Dr. John O'Connor. A doctor here in southern Alberta raised issues on environment in Kyoto, Dr. David Swan. Instead of allowing him to do his job and advocate, which is his job, they railroaded him. 
And a bunch of geese and ducks fell into a pond, unfortunately. It was a tragic incident. We should have immediately said, this is a tragedy. Immediately apologize and take steps to rectify the situation so it never happens again. But the government lied and they covered it up. They started saying more ducks die here and uh, more birds and ducks die here in Lethbridge than over there. I go, what kind of answer is that? So this is why we must deal with our international reputation and solve the real environmental issues. If they're perceived, bring the world here, let them see that things aren't that bad. But if they're real, let's admit we have a problem and fix it. And ask for help if we don't have answers. Economy and environment are very important. They're intertwined. And then let's work on other strengths, which is agriculture and the knowledge-based economy, which is our universities. Let's educate our children. We, how can we have a knowledge-based economy if our children don't have an education? The biggest issue business folks are facing, they say, we don't have a skilled labor workforce, so let's immigrate it from across the planet. I said, well, why don't we just educate our own children? Let's retool our education system so our children who don't want a university degree they go and get a skilled trade and they graduate from grade 12 with one year of a trade ticket underneath their belt and have a co-op program where they actually get a job and they earn money they, then they realize now I know why I got to do math let's make it practical education start streaming our kids earlier on to make sure they don't give up on themselves they don't want to be a teacher or a doctor or a nurse or engineer that's okay we still need boilermakers, we need welders, we need electricians. And that's the key. We've got to fix our education system. We've got to stop nickel and diming parents for school fees. That's what I propose, that we stop doing that. I propose we lower our university tuitions so kids can afford to go to school. I propose, because it's a bigger problem for kids in rural Alberta, outside of Lethbridge, because they've got to pay room and board in addition to tuition. And it's hard for working families with three kids. That's really hard. It's easy to just go work on the rigs or the farm. So we got to look at lowering tuitions. Healthcare, well, the human side of things, healthcare is actually the symptom of the problem. The symptom of the governmental problem of people not having good education, good jobs, and, good, and a family doctor. That's the problem in healthcare. No family doctors. We need to create more family doctors. 70% of our doctors are specialists because the government has started privatizing. We're the third most privatized healthcare system on the planet in Canada. US is number one, Switzerland is number two, Canada is number three. And we gotta stop that move. The best systems on the planet are Netherlands, UK, France, and they're not privatized like us. And their systems are based on getting you a family doctor, fixing home care for the seniors. We get, they give you so much home care, you actually don't need to go into long-term care. And if you do need to go into long-term care, let's move couples together. You start off married together, till death do us part. You stay together as a team. And that, and that is a moral issue. We have to stop separating seniors. And we have to stop removing seniors from their local community. These are solutions that we offer. Um, in fact, that's the solutions Albertans have always offered. All frontline staff will tell you that's what needs to be done. Healthcare in our seniors, healthcare can be fixed. It should be fixed. We can fix it. The government knows how to fix it. I told them how to fix it, but they don't want to fix it. They intentionally wrecked it because they actually want to provide 
a U.S. style healthcare. Fred Warren presented the paper to, for private healthcare, private insurance, and doctors opting out of the public system. So that way, if you're rich, you want to pay a hundred bucks a visit, they'll see you first. He presented it. It's coming. Be prepared for it. And be prepared to fight for it. Public education and public health care are values that define us as Albertans and Canadians. And that is a strong value that's at risk. Next election. Changing the leader of that party, I came from within them, changes nothing. It's the same people writing the checks to all the leaders. The Premier's first move was to remove the cap on the seniors' housing, on the private seniors' housing, so your costs go up even more. That's got to stop. I propose building public, non-profit lodges that the community runs. Not the private guys, not the, not the government. The community, you the leaders. And save with their seniors' facility. Let the community run it. It takes a village to raise a child. And even when you're 95 years old, you're still a child, you're a little older. The community must be involved and engaged. And we must empower the community. Our vision is really about returning Alberta back to Albertans. Putting it back in the hands of the people. Local solutions for local problems. Locally elected hospital boards. Locally elected school boards. Instead of the minister making all the decisions, they should be made locally. You bring the decisions from Lethbridge up to Edmonton. If something's working in Lethbridge, teach the rest of the province. If something isn't, then we need, and it's working elsewhere, then we need to come help you down here. Does that make sense? A balanced economy with respect for the environment, stable planning, fewer government ministries, efficient government, and on the human side, we will fix health care, we will fix the education system. The thickness of your wallet in this province should not, and if I'm your premier, will not determine which child gets an education and who gets health care first. We all created equal. Under one God and in this province, we are all created equal. And that's the greatest thing about, thing about Alberta. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're big or small. If you work hard, you play by the rules, you want to serve, you will be respected by the people of this great province, and you will be given an opportunity. We have a Muslim mayor in, in Calgary, we have a Jewish mayor in Edmonton, we have a woman premier. I'm from British I'm an immigrant from British Columbia. <laughs> so that's the vision. It's not about Alberta being the best in the world, it's about being Alberta being best for the world. That's the vision. Alberta best for the world. We must protect that Alberta dream where you can be a child of an immigrant family, of a woman who cleaned hotel rooms in Squamish, BC, and a man who worked in the mill. Because of a good public education system, his child would have the opportunity to stand before you here today. And that is the dream that's at risk. And that's the dream that I'm afraid a child born in Lethbridge is having a hard time getting an education in Lethbridge. That bothers me. And darn it, we got to fix it. So that's what I propose. A new Alberta, 
a new vision, the same vision Peter Lawhead had, and a path to prosperity, starting with investment in our children, caring for our grandparents, and allowing those who have a dream to start a business to achieve that dream. Listen, thank you very much for listening patiently to me. I'd like to open up the questions. No holds barred, I will do my best to answer them. Thank you so much.